right, welcome back to the Bonus Features Podcast. This, again, is your host, Pastor Ed, and as always, I'm here with my trusty sidekick. Pastor Matt, it's good to be with you, man. Thanks, Matt. It's good to be here with you, yeah. um, and uh, I really like that nice sweater that you're wearing today. Thanks. It's very nice colors. Yeah, actually, uh, Hannah was like, she was like, man, you don't really have anything to wear, and I was like, yeah, I, I don't, you know, for, she's like, maybe we need to buy you some new shirts, and then she looked in my closet, and there were all these, like, sweaters, and she's like, so do none of these fit? And I was like, I don't know. I haven't tried them on. And so we actually tried them on and turned out I had like 13 sweaters in my closet that actually fit me and I could be wearing. So yeah, there you go. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's quite a story. So huh? all Matt's stories end in like him having a lot of stuff. I yeah. Guess, that yeah. He, <laughs> just like, embarrassment of riches. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All my, <clears throat> all my clothes are covered in like wood glue and, and <laughs> you know, brake oil. I don't think there's brake oil. I don't think that's a thing, but, um, so uh, I wanted to start out today by, so this week we talked about uh, joy and we're doing an Advent series and uh, you yeah. know, we've been going through the different themes of Advent and we wanted to share some, some stories yeah. of joy. I, I said that yeah. um, in the service that we wanted to you know, take a break and um, rather than give more information you know, theologically or content, instead just because we've been talking as pastors, you know, like joy is something that is supposed to exist in all circumstances. So why not talk about different kinds of circumstances yeah. when people have had to yeah. exhibit it? Yeah. Before we get into that, though, Ed, uh, could, you know, what is joy? I mean, if you were to, you know, for somebody that may have not listened on Sunday, mm -hmm. and obviously that's not me. Yeah. Uh, if you could like sum up uh, the sermon on Sunday and say, you know, here's the basic understanding of joy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like so like if someone was there even and they weren't paying attention. Yeah, if somebody was writing out growth group questions yeah. and not yeah. really listening not to the sermon. Really doing yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's good. Um, I, uh, I'll i use like Star Wars <laughs> on a ling lingo because that's all Matt understands. Um, so uh, yes, good question. The definition of joy that I gave on Sunday that I completely took from a video um, by the Bible Project on their Advent series, Joy. Um, it was just the very great simple definition, which is joy is the attitude um, of uh, an attitude that is the result, uh, no, okay. The attitude that one adopts as the result of hoping in Jesus. So finding your hope in God. So uh, you, if a person finds their hope in God, then they will um, adopt this attitude of joy. And, uh, and we talked about how adopting means to choose mm -hmm. And so uh, there are these points in your life when the hope is there. And so because of that, you find yourself having joy. Um, but much of the time, especially when life is hard, uh, we find that joy is something that we choose to have rather than something that just happens to us. It's not this passive thing. Mm. So that's why we, um, you know, when we talk about joy in this time of the year, people are thinking of joyful circumstances and um, this is a joyful time that that's why we're talking about it, but it's not, we're talking about joy because there's a reason that we have joy in Christ despite all the other stuff. Yeah. You know? Um, so, okay. Stories of joy. I wanted to start with you, Matt, because we were talking about um, what it looked like to, you were sharing with the pastors um, your experience um, of uh, trying to have kids. Yeah. 
and how that was an experience that would normally that that is a, we generally associate that as with being joyful. Yeah. It's a joyful experience. Yeah. Could you tell me a little bit about that and how joy relates to it? Yeah, I, it, it definitely um, where you know talking about uh, joy not being related to circumstances, and yet and we kind of all know that, and yet how we don't really accept that in our life, and and even able to oftentimes kind of step back and say, am I tying my my joy into my circumstances too much? Or if I can, we have this idea of if I just, if things could work out this way, if we could just have this thing happen, that's when I'll be able to experience joy. And it just, you're, what you come to find out is it doesn't work that way. Um, Yeah, me and Hannah had, um, we we had trouble uh, getting pregnant. We actually ended up having to uh, go through uh, early uh, fertility treatment. We, it was something we always knew that we weren't going to, be able to go all the way just finances were a big part of it also just feeling like if it got to that we um would rather adopt than um really press the issue and so we um god provided a way for us to to go through initial stage of um just really simple um uh, fertility help and uh so we had gone through a couple rounds of that and actually uh, for the first time uh hannah got pregnant and got pregnant actually it was actually the first week that i took over as the lead pastor at park place and so uh, she gets pregnant and when you're in fertility treatment like that they have you come pastors are very focused on church growth yeah it's like the moment you become that you get the lead chair you get the head chair all you think about is growth yeah and that was my pitch to them i was like i can promise you i'm going to have a family of 12 kids and so we will you know if anything you know we're going to increase this church by 25 percent and you know single-handedly so um we also don't want to share the praise. So if you can point to it and say, well, I'm the reason that it's grown, then, yeah. you know, and that's a very literal way to say I'm the reason it's grown. So, um, and so w- when you're going through fertility treatment like that, you actually, um, they have you come back, um, I think it was uh, 48 hours and do another blood test to, to see if your um, levels are rising the way they're supposed to and stuff like that. And so Hannah went in and got the test and actually, um, it hadn't changed. And so the doctor told her, she said, you're probably going to lose uh, the baby. And then, uh, but she said, you know, to be sure and everything, we want you to come back and take a test. And so we went back in. Um, and so then two days later, uh, the doctor called back and said, I don't know how this has happened, but the numbers have more than doubled and it makes no sense. And so all of a sudden we were you know, going to have a child again. And then she said, but I want you to come back in, take another test so we can see she went back in, took another test, and then um, the doctor called back and said the numbers actually dropped this time, and so you are going to lose the baby. And about a day or two later, she she lost uh, the baby. And so we went through in the span of five, six days, um, all while nobody in the church knowing, like, this is going on and stuff like that. And uh, just this kind of roller coaster up and down, going to have a kid, not have a kid. And it's this thing that we – uh, had been longing for for a long time. And so when, and, and so you kind of have in your mind, if we could just have a baby, like if, if we could just get pregnant, that would solve everything. And, um, a few months later, uh, Hannah did get pregnant with, uh, what turned out to be eventually Eden, our, our oldest. Um, and so she gets pregnant and all I remember feeling was fear and anxiety Hmm. and it was um i remember actually uh she got her um when she had gotten her blood test um 
the first time with Eden, uh, we were actually in a baby's RS, which is probably the best place in the world to be waiting for to get that call with the results back. I think there's a person, there's always a person in baby's RS getting that call. Yeah, yeah. So you just hear it, you hear I, the screaming. And, and that had actually become like a practice for us. Like whenever we would go to the fertility doctor, we'd then like go to baby's RS because it's like you'd go in and you would dream and kind of torture yourself more, I guess. And mm-hmm. yeah, probably wasn't a good strategy, but it's like so much of everything, like you just, this is the thing that you're desiring the most at that time. And so, um, and so being in the baby's RS and what should be this like really excited, you know, moment in our life and we're pregnant and we're going to have a baby and we're looking at baby stuff. And I was, I was a nervous wreck and, um, and every step of the way in that pregnancy, I mean, people, I mean, pregnancies for people are these joyous, um, occasions of just, you know, we can't wait and we're picking out names and stuff like that. I was a wreck the entire time. I was asking Hannah like every day, how are you feeling? Um, every time she went in, we went into an OB. I went to every OB appointment because I was that nervous about it all. I wanted to be there with her every step of the way. And it was just like, can we just get through this pregnancy and have this baby? Cause then that's when joy will come in. Mm-hmm. And so we do. And, um, we 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 have Eden, and then she had complications. Actually, came out uh, and, and wasn't able to breathe. She had a collapsed lung, um, was turning blue right when Hannah held her, and, and stuff like that. And so it's like no joy there. It's just all fear, all trepidation, um, all that kind of stuff. And it's like if we if we can just if this baby can just survive this, if this baby can make it through this, you know, then that's when we'll be able to you know have joy. And then what you come to find out is. Then the first year of their life, you're worried about SIDS, which is sudden infant death syndrome. And, and you're always like, you know, I would go into her room and make sure she was still breathing and all these things. And, you know, we had gotten to this place. I thought if we could just get here, if we could have this kid, if she could grow up, if we could get to know her, like there would be joy. And then there's, you know, that fear. And then it's like, well, if we can just get beyond the first year, um, then we can take it easy. And then you get beyond the first year and they start crawling and walking and now all of a sudden you're worried about them falling downstairs and you know all, all this kind of stuff and everything like that and you know just through that process of saying well if we can just get to this place that's where I'll find joy and what you what you find out is when you kind of cross that finish line that we set up that goal well there's another thing to worry about there's another thing that can wreck the circumstance and um and so i think we do that i mean obviously in our lives in different ways if i could ever accumulate enough money or if i can have that kind of family or that relationship get married to that person you know whatever it is but then there's always the what if i lose them what if it goes wrong you know all all those sorts of things start to creep in and so when we tie our joy directly to our circumstances like i was with my kids um you come to find out that when you think, well, that's the moment I'll be able to sit back and have joy in this and have peace and hope and all those things that are tied into this, it just never comes. And so you have to find, you do have to find a way. And it's, I mean, what you talked about on, you know, Sunday, it's through Jesus to have joy in the midst of even the uncertainty of things. So, yeah. I don't think anyone can relate to that. No. So yeah. unfortunately, no. I, I think that's, I appreciate you sharing that because that's a, 
There. And now everybody knows I'm a nervous wreck on the inside, even though yeah. I look put together. <laughs> that's why. That's why. That's when your daughter's like eating applesauce, you're like smacking the spoon yeah. out of her hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a. I taste test all of my kids' <laughs> foods. Do you see, Hannah, how this fork just that much higher? It's yeah. in the eye. It's yeah. in the eye. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it's. And I can like see it on you as you're telling, recounting it. And um, the, the like the emotional up and down of being wrapped up in, in this thing happening a yeah. certain way. Yeah. And as somebody who's like dealt with anxiety, I know that with anxiety, you're always saying like, oh, I can be joyful. I can be happy if this thing just doesn't happen, yeah. you know? Um, so, okay. So I have to ask you this just between you and me, nobody else. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nobody else will ever hear this. Just you and me talking to these microphones. They're totally off. They're not recording. Um, <laughs> like as an adoptive parent, as a parent of adopted kids, don't you find it creepy and unsettling? that your children look like little versions of you. <laughs> I mean, isn't that weird at all? I Little version of you. I, I wouldn't say creepy and unsettling. I would say frustrating uh, and infuriating uh, because, um, one, it helps me to love my daughters so much better because they remind me of their mom. And um, But my goodness, my son drives me nuts because he looks like me, he acts like me. That's the thing is like you only have yourself to blame where I mean, I maybe you could, maybe as an adoptive parent, there's a part where you get to step back and be like, "That's not me. <laughs> like, that's not my thing." Uh, yeah, I um, I, I would definitely say uh, there are perks to um, being an adoptive parent, and and I felt that it would just be kind of creepy and unsettling to have a little mini version of me roaming around the house, reminding me constantly they're there to replace me. Yeah, but. Yeah. On the flip side, you really can't. It's really, it gets so much more complicated when you try dragging a kicking and screaming kid out of the store <laughs> when, they're, when they're an Ethiopian kid. Uh, that, that, is, that takes some explaining. Yeah. You know, there has to be some very strategic. You have, your mom, you have way more family photos in your wallet than anybody more, else does. Yeah. Your mother and I really are disappointed with you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, <laughs> if he figures it out one day and he's like, hey, this guy, get this guy off me, <laughs> you know, then I'm in trouble. So, um, so um, we've also got uh, some people that um, I have, uh, we've done sort of recorded here and we're gonna splice those in. And uh, okay, so now I wanna welcome to the show our special guest, uh, can you introduce yourself? <laughs> I don't feel like a special guest. I'm kind of a regular here. Yeah. Um, but but this is Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave, one of our reoccurring characters. <laughs> um, and uh, Pastor Dave, um, we were talking about this idea of joy and joy in circumstances and despite circumstances. And um, I want to know if you might share a little bit about, um, well, your retirement experience. <laughs> Yes, I can do that, and and uh, I reflect on it now from the vantage point of my new role. As I've been spending time with seniors, um, I, I get to hear their stories, and sometimes I'm talking to people who have been dealing with COVID. Um, other times, just in talking about family and uh, life experience, I talk to people who have suffered the loss of a spouse or a child, and I am, uh, I, I keep being impressed with the grace and peace with which people handle even the hard things of life. Mm. Um, so that's the backdrop. Uh, for me, I was really looking forward to my retirement last spring and getting to finish with a big gospel sing concert that was going to be a lot of fun and then uh, maybe have a party 
uh, a little bit later, a retirement party. I was looking forward to those things. I, I, I really was anticipating something more like fireworks, I've said often, and instead it felt like with COVID and everything just sort of fizzling, it felt more like a deflating balloon than the fireworks that I was expecting and hoping for. Um, but as I look back on it now, and especially through the lens of the example of some of our seniors who have uh, experiences much more difficult things than that, yeah. um, I, I see that I did get something pretty special um, on the family meet at the end of the family meeting. Mm -hmm. I had the surprise of a parking lot filled with choir members singing at social distance mm -hmm. uh, and, and kind of honoring me with a serenade. Yeah. And it was lovely. It was a wonderful surprise. It was, it, was, uh, it, was not, it was no gospel sing, but it sure was sweet. And I have discovered that by just holding that sweet memory in my mind, I can choose joy rather than disappointment. Hmm. And that makes my retirement just fine. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's, um, I remember that time and watching um, just sort of, that was the beginning of everything with COVID. And so watching things just go downhill more and more in terms of like now, now, now there's not this, now there's not this. And okay, it looks like church isn't going to happen for this long and people can't do anything at all. And people don't know how, you know, all the stay at home orders and everything. So it, we were kind of holding out mm -hmm. hope and then pos postponing, postponing, things postponing. Yes. Maybe this, maybe this. And, and then just it getting to the point where it looked like you almost have to, you start to go, okay, then, uh, you know, how long do you postpone until it's mm -hmm. like we're not postponing anymore? After a while, it starts to feel like it's going to be an afterthought yeah. rather than it's something intentional. And, and yeah, it, it began to look like, well, maybe this just isn't going to happen. But it's okay. Mm -hmm. I, I still got something sweet, and yeah. uh, that's, that's, that's enough, and I can find joy in that. So it sounds like part of finding joy you found is one, or being a person who, who has joy, who has kind of adopted this attitude that we're calling, that we're saying is joy, um, that you found that um, one, it's um, learning from others who have done the same thing. Yes. You're kind of looking to these examples mm -hmm. and that's how, that helps you kind of get an idea of what this looks like to say this is what it looks like to actually have joy in difficult situations. You can't just make this up out of thin air. You have to see it. You, you, you kind of see it lived out in other people. And isn't that the way of the Christian life? We follow, we become imitators of Christ and we can imitate him as we see him reflected in others. And, and uh, I, I think I, I'm experiencing that, especially getting to uh, spend time with a lot of the seasoned citizens in our church and seeing the, their life experience and how they've handled it, so many of them with, with joy instead mm -hmm. of bitterness. Hmm. Joy's better. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that because I think it's, um, it is a good example. It's, a, it's, a, it's one of those things that, you know, I guess we'd call it a first world problem. You know, <laughs> yes. it's uh, you you feel bad complaining about it, especially during COVID, as people are actually sick and such worse things seem to be happening with so many people. And yet, th the other thing is that uh, you know our own experience is our experience; it's the only one we have, and so these things are big to us and they matter to us. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's uh, that's very true. So, um, 
Well, thanks, Pastor Dave. Glad to be with you again. And, and now on to our next guest. All right, so I am here with uh, I'm here with Jan Reed. Hi, Jan. Hi, Ed. And um, we are uh, Jan. We're talking with people about joy, and uh, I guess what it is, what it's like to choose joy, uh, mm -hmm. both in good circumstances and difficult ones. Yes. And I had um, I wanted to know if you could share a little bit about maybe one or two of the things that you've gone through in your life that have been difficult and how you chose joy. Well, actually, um, I had a life-changing experience about 50 years ago when I um, was diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a pretty serious surgery. I was about eight and a half hours in surgery. And on the third day, um, Fred had gone home finally to take a shower, and I had, uh, I actually died. And the Lord came into my room, it was a huge bright light, and he called me away. He called me by my name, and I left my body, and uh, I was above my body, and I could look down and see this massive bandaging around my face and neck and head, and and it was pretty shocking. And um, he said he wanted me to go with him. And I told him I couldn't. And I said, I've got four little kids at home and a husband, and I really don't think I can go right now. And, and um, he called my name again, and he said, come with me. And I said, if you will give me 17 years, Mike was three at the time, mm -hmm. and I figured if he was 20 years old, he'd be out of high school mm -hmm. and old enough to be, you know, a man. Yeah. And I, he was my youngest. And so I asked the Lord if I could have 17 years, and I made him some promises about my own life, my, a, a recommitment of my own life, and, you know, making sure that my kids were in church and things, you know, just being more committed. Mm -hmm. And um, he just slowly released me to go back. And I, it, it was just so emotional. It was so emotional I couldn't even talk about it. Well, first of all, I didn't have a voice at all for eight weeks, so I couldn't talk anyway. But um, finally, I was able to tell our pastor's wife about it. And... Um, so I cried all the way through it, telling about it. It was just such a personal and emotional thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, so it was like, I had a whole new perspective on life. It was like this, it was so joyous to me that the Lord would let me come back, give me that time to face the commitments that I had made to him. And I did choose joy and, and you know, it was just a time of everything around me looked different. It was interesting that I had a whole new visual on life and everything was beautiful. It was like Fred took me for a ride up in the hills in the snow and it was like I saw things that I had never seen before. It was like he opened my eyes and the whole world became more beautiful to me. 
Um, you know, and then last February when I, for some reason, went to bed feeling just fine. And at 11 o'clock, I woke up and couldn't breathe and um, got out of bed barely and had to call 911. Um, the ambulance came and took me to the hospital and I, uh, I was on a ventilator for a couple of days and I guess I just figured it was time. <laughs> you know, my family was all gathered around me and um, I just figured it was my time. But again, the Lord turned me back loose mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, kept me here for whatever reason he wants me here for. Mm -hmm. I've found quite a few reasons ever since, but mm -hmm. yeah. And, and again, it's like, um, I look at those experiences as times where you grow, mm -hmm. your faith grows. Um, I think I become more compassionate to people who are in those positions. I mean, the whole COVID thing has broken my heart mm -hmm. and to see the people that are struggling and suffering through that um, even the homeless people mm -hmm. since that experience in February I can hardly stand to see a homeless person on the street because I'm probably going to cry now it's just you know things change in you mm -hmm. um, but I just look at life with an understanding you know I know God's word says, you know, we, weeping can last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Mm. We never know how long that night's going to be. Mm. I mean, it can be a long, long night, but God's promise that joy does come. And I cling to that because I know even through the tough times, um, there is joy. Mm. And I think you have to choose it. Um, mm. If you don't choose it, I think I had mentioned to you about when bad things come, you can either let it beat you down or you can pump it up and mm. choose joy. Mm. You know, it's a heart condition. Mm. So, um, take care of your heart. Yeah. It is a heart condition. Uh, well, it seems like that what you're saying too is that um, when trials come, uh, they can either uh, make you maybe more of a calloused and hardened person or they can soften you. And that's what you're describing when you're saying you, 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 you know, you see other people in pain, you see other people in these situations and you're more sensitive rather than it's made you more hardened and more cynical and which is what happens when you go through those things without joy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it's done. Right. So I guess we're never too old to soften up, you know, mm. life, life can make people pretty hard. And I know quite a few hard people you know, who've had some struggles, and um, I choose not to be that person. Okay, so those are some, uh, those are some great examples of, um, I think, how joy is related to different people, as we've heard some different stories. Yeah. Um, I want to thank Jan and Dave, and of course you, Matt. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, and, uh, yeah, I really like what Jan had to say about the heart condition stuff. That was, um, yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, I think that's a very interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. You know, you got to take care of yourself. And that means actually, you know, joy is as much taking, much a part of taking care of yourself as it's, it's a habit and all those things. Yeah. So keep your heart healthy, everybody. <laughs> and show joy. Um, all right. Well, uh, without any further ado, I guess that is it for this week. 
Um, we will see you next week. Uh, will we? I guess. I'm sure we will. Yeah, we will. Um, we're going to be here working hard, getting ready for Christmas Eve and our care packages. Um, and uh, so I, uh, I'm still kind of limping from that that video oh yeah have you uh Ed, ed's got a video coming out uh soon it's uh it's not a music video sorry to disappoint everybody but are you have you recovered from your uh, fall let's just say there are some instruments in it <laughs> um and no i have not recovered from my okay. fall yeah uh, so hopefully i will soon so yeah. uh look forward to next week and um this is ed and matt saying shalom I bargained with him, and I'll tell you what, Ed, when 17 years came, that whole year, I was pretty alert. Just like the light of a new day, it hit me from